This podcast is brought to you by the Spencer Williams team. Spencer Williams is a top performing associate real estate broker in the state of Utah, ranked in the top half a percent of over 13,000 agents. Also ranked among America's best real estate agents by Real Trends in partnership with Zillow, Trulia, and the Wall Street Journal with over 250 five-star reviews online. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of NBA Real Talk. Today it's brought to you by Newmark Grub Acres, a leading worldwide commercial real estate brokerage company. Special thanks to them. Welcome back to another episode of NBA Real Talk. Glad to have Bryce Blanchard with us again today. What's up, Jordan? Oh, not much, man. Just can't wait to hear your fresh takes. So uh, let's get right down to it. What do we start with? You know what? Let's start with the two most overhyped teams. Not most overhyped teams, but the two most hyped teams in the NBA. Let's talk, let's talk Lakers. Let's talk Clippers. Because as far as all these analysts go, outside of them, there's no one to really talk about. What What is your take? LeBron James, AD combo. Yeah. What do you see over there? What do you like? So we're a week into the season, and uh, it's a great time to kind of reset. What are we surprised by thus far versus what are we not surprised by? And in terms of the L.A. dynamics, we're not surprised by much of what's gone on so far in L.A., uh, LeBron looked sluggish in the first game. Why was that? Why did it look like, like, like in my mind, in my mind for that game, it was like, LeBron, if you're going to play point in Frank Vogel's system, if you're going to play point, why, number one, is your spacing awful? Your spacing is absolutely terrible. He'll, he'll bring the ball down, he'll pass it to the wing, and he will be 20 feet off the three-point line. Where you're just you're not helpful. You I got I got the magical answer for well, you, Jordan. Well, I mean, just a few observations. There's that, and then the other thing too is, I felt like he was like a middle schooler, like someone in high school that keeps jumping to pass and turning the ball over. It was almost just like he was trying to do too much to get AD involved instead of just playing. I mean, yeah. I my breakdown on the Lakers is there's three things. Um, one is LeBron is getting old, and this is, is his seventeenth season, and he's had nine finals runs, and LeBron is going to show some age this year. Last year he broke down physically; he actually broke down somewhat mentally. Show age as far as what though? Because last year he was still a twenty-seven, eight and eight guy. Granted, he only played half the season because he had that. Fake injury. I don't know if it's a real injury or not, but I think he was just mentally checked out. But I, I just I I haven't seen in the NBA a a player at advanced age like he's at in the 17th season uh, dominate and not lose a step. Uh, you could say Jabbar was pretty good still in his 17th year, but if you look at most of the greats, all the greats, Robert Parrish just, was immortal. <laughs> <laughs> MJ. I mean, he didn't even get to 17 because he took the year, the couple of years off. But if you go through the list of great players, he just—if he can do it and play at a high level and actually play hard, 
during the regular season on both ends of the floor, I'm going to personally be surprised. He's going to have moments of greatness. He, LeBron is still a very good basketball player. He's still a top 10 basketball player. 10? Top 10. I'm not, not necessarily going to top five because uh, the jury's out. Last, last year, he was not a top five basketball player in my mind in terms of the total body of work, team wins and losses, playing hard, making people around him better. I don't feel like he was top five. Is, they missed the playoffs. Is that a fair evaluation for him? Because they were they were on track to make the playoffs, and then he gets injured. Injuries happen. Literally, it really sounded like he cared more about Taco Tuesday than basketball. I'm not saying he would not possibly have been a top five player last year had he stayed healthy. What I'm saying is he didn't. And one of the reasons he didn't is because he's getting old. So I'm saying when he's healthy and when he's in a competitive game, he's very, very good. He's great. His hairline is hairline's, receding. <laughs> his hairline's Rogaine a problem. Isn't working for him. His hairline's a problem. He's going mailman. Um, but how come him and AD? Well, I mean, it seems like they're starting to figure it out. A they're going to figure it out. They're going to be very, very good together. Okay, let me be clear about that. But I don't see LeBron being able to sustain a high level of play for 82 games or even 72 games. And I also will tell you, and I've experienced this, you know, playing. When you have a new teammate, one of the reasons they were terrible in that first game, he looked awful. He was second-guessing himself, making weird decisions, is he's trying to make sure AD gets lots of touches and feels welcomed and that he's being deferential to his stardom, which is all a very good human instinct. And they're going to play through that, and they'll get better. But like, I expected a rocky start, chemistry-wise. Right. Plus, so, Kuzma's out. Well, look, okay, so it's mostly – He's doing everything he can to cater to AD, make him feel welcome, get him touches. But when that's not the way you usually play LeBron, when it's like, like you're saying, he's caught. He wasn't even look to looking to score. He was only facilitating. And when he did, many of his finishes, he just looked old. He doesn't elevate like he used to. He has moments. And listen, anybody that's gotten older and still played basketball, there are moments where you still feel young and good. But there's moments. plenty of other moments where you can feel you don't have the same lift, bounce, lateral movement, the ability to transition. And that – and his game is – you know, he's a great skill player for sure. But his game has always been about being a dominant athlete as well um, and having a great cerebral game. I mean he's had all the tools, but his athleticism is going to start to slow him down. And AD, he knows, unlike with Kyrie when he was – kind of threatened to some extent by Kyrie being his co-equal, he welcomes it with AD because he is a realist and he knows he needs another alpha in there to help carry the load. I think he's self-aware enough about that. Well, how do you like him? You know, Frank Vogel wants him to play point. What is your take? Because just just looking at it, I go, yeah, that might make sense if LeBron is aging the way you say he is. Like, if you're playing point guard, you got to get everyone involved. You got to be able to get in the key anytime you want with the ball and be able to kick out and distribute. Also, you always have to be back to stop transition and defense. LeBron, that's that's to me the issue. Offensively, I think he can be an effective point guard. But defense, I just feel like his that's too much of a workload for an 82 game season. And we've talked about this before. Hey, LeBron, instead of trying to do everything because you are getting older, that's just a fact. Why not be the best small forward in the league and dominate? You know. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's and, and when Rondo's play, come play two man game. When Rondo comes back, maybe maybe he does settle more into a small forward role. We'll see. Well, what's Rondo can't do anything other than play point because right. he can't shoot. Right. And Quinn Cook, he's just not a point. He's yeah. just a small combo. Two, a combo right? guard at best. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So that's the Lakers. I mean, we we uh, we know they're going to be. 
if they stay healthy, they're going to be in there in the mix towards the end of the playoffs, uh, rightly so. Uh, Clippers, kind of a different story. They've got two stars that are theoretically in their prime, but they haven't, you know, they haven't played together yet. I mean, George you watched, hasn't you watched them play up close last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last night, so LeBron, uh, Kawhi decided to, you know, continue his trend of load management, which we think is bad for the league. But you know, you can't. It's hard to argue the results of it working out last year and him it. winning a title. They won. Yeah. So, but I'll tell you what. There's a Clippers guy sitting next to me in the first row. You know, he like. He blew his wallet on those tickets, hoping to see his team in Salt Lake. He had the Clippers gear on. And then his guy just doesn't show up. It's bad for the league. It's selfish. But the harsh reality is it worked last year. And guys are going to keep doing it. 82 games is a lot the older you get. And you're banging up against other professional athletes. And selfishly, look at the schedule. He's got the Spurs on the second night of a back-to-back tonight. And you know he wanted to be at full strength to take on his former team. So I get it. As an NBA fan, though, I think it's a raw deal because people pay a lot of money to see the stars play. And I think it's long-term a bad bad trend for business. But that issue aside, the Clippers are super deep if those two dudes are playing. I think the best best true role players. I mean, Lou Williams is an instant bucket off the bench, right? Because the concern before, you hear analysts talking about, oh, well, where's their scoring going to come from without Paul George? They'll find a way. You know Beverly's not getting you buckets, but he's doing all the dirty work. Yep. He, he's getting you extra possessions. Um, he's getting in someone's head. He's trying to get someone else ejected. He has a gift from God when it comes to being obnoxious. He's an irritant, and he does it so well. You know, Harold. I mean, I know you had a little run-in with Harold, and he threatened your, you know, yeah, Her- personally and your family, and, you know. Harold was a little on tilt last night. I got do, I do have to share that story. So last night we're behind the bench, and Doc Rivers is telling the Clippers that anybody that goes by Donovan Mitchell needs to put put uh, lay lay the wood to him with screens. Um, why do you think? Why do you think? I, I don't know that Rivers wants just to just to make him work. He didn't want. He wanted his offensive efficiency to be yeah. hampered by having to go through screen after screen after screen. But so Harold gets subbed out in the last night. And for the record, I think we're both fans of Harold's game. Like this guy's a lunch pail guy. Like I have nothing bad to say about his game. Big fan actually. Yeah, he's a he's he's a worker. Yeah. And he's not afraid to do. Is he a little undersized? He's a little undersized. He's like six eight. But you can't you can't tell. Yeah. And he's just a team guy. Yeah, an aggressive, hard worker. But he was a little salty last night. And I actually think for good reason. He had some, couple, some calls go against him. The refs last night were awful. Derek, Brent, and Josh were terrible. But they were terrible both ways. A lot of bad calls, unnecessary stuff, missed calls. They were just truly bad all night. Harold subs out in the fourth quarter. And he was on the bat, on the wrong end of a few bad calls. And he yells across kind of my, my face because he's sitting to my left. Um to the refs that they've been helping the Jazz all night, to which I simply said <laughs> they've been equally bad. So I'm, I'm half agreeing with them. They've been equally bad. And he says, don't start with me. I will slap the shit out of you. <laughs> and coming from Harold, I would probably crap my pants. Uh, I, was a, I was uncomfortable. My wife was uncomfortable. My guests were uncomfortable. I figured he must have misunderstood me because I felt like what I said was pretty harmless. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying it was both ways. So I repeated my statement. It was e- They were equally bad. 
To which he then repeated his statement about slapping shit out of me. So anyway, that's that's my uh, maybe he's just <laughs> he was salty, angry individual. He was he was. But listen, I, if I had to bet on any team to win the championship this year, my money would go on the Clippers. I think you can make arguments for other teams, but if I had to pick one, I think I think they're hard to. I think I think it's hard to argue that, especially if they're healthy, right? Yeah. Although I mean, they got depth. Kawhi, Kawhi and Paul George have both missed multiple seasons with injury, but Doc Rivers, I feel like, has a good grasp on that team. They respect him. They under they understand the whole team concept. Um, and interesting when you watch them play, their whole bench is happy for every other player when they have success when they score. You're yeah, not, you're not seeing a whole lot of pouting. Good chemistry. And early on, that's a good thing that you want. I still think you you might think I'm crazy. Um, as far as winning it all, I think LeBron and AD together, that's a that's a dynamic duo. You know, I mean, I think the rest of their team, like, let's be honest, Chris Dudley's not going to be playing. He's going to be at Krispy Kreme, you know, just pounding <laughs> donuts. But uh. But you said Chris Dudley. We're talking Jared Dudley. Oh, sorry, sorry. Jared Dudley. Chris Dudley was the one that got his nose busted. That couldn't by... make free throws. He was historically oh, bad yeah, at the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Jared Dudley. Jared Dudley. Let's not disrespect Chris Dudley. I remember Jared <laughs> Dudley threw the threw the ball at Shaq one time. Was yes. Like, Stood up for himself. I was, was proud like, of him. It was like, dude, Shaq will rip your spine out like Predator. You need to chill out. But the team that I think will be – okay, let me clarify. Not to win – this isn't a championship team, but the best regular season team in the NBA, in my eyes, will be Houston. I just think they – and it's not because they do anything particularly well other than outscore you. you yeah. Know? Well, I mean, in last night, they, they gave up 158 regular <laughs> – no OT. We're just talking regular time points to the Washington Wizards. Well, they've got Bradley Beal. Yeah, yeah. They won by one point. So – are we surprised that in game one, Harden and Westbrook were already getting into each other? No. They'll probably figure out because apparently they're boys. They're, they're, way better. they're both competitive. They both want to win. And here's the thing. Like, obviously, Westbrook's an incredibly inefficient shooter from outside. But Dan Tony's not dumb enough to set him up for failure and just have Westbrook chuck threes. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna make it work. And... I think the best one-on-one player in the league is Harden. So as hard as it is for other teams to watch, as much as you may hate Harden and his style of play, the dude's effective. And whether he hits his single field goal or not, he's going to have 20 free throws. You yeah. know, he's no, just – it's, it's a great point. The, the West, the guy. fun thing about the whole league and the West in particular is there's so many new dynamics where – the, the big wild card is people have to stay healthy. But if everybody stays healthy, it's just fascinating to see how these new dynamics with stars are going to play well, out. Well, talking about the West, talk to me about Utah because, you know, we hear we hear multiple reports that, you know, we have analysts and insiders that say Utah could be the team to beat. Utah's overrated. Utah doesn't have what it takes. They don't have a single all-star. You know, what's your – What's your take? What would you say your top four or your top five teams in the West? 
Yeah, top five teams for me, it's it's a little tricky, um, but I definitely think you got the two L.A. teams in there with Houston. I do put the— So you do like Houston. Though. I do think Houston—yeah, yeah, they're going to be good. They're, they've got star power. They've got depth. Um, they've got shooting. I mean, they they should have advanced further in the playoffs last year. I mean, they they got clipped, but um, I think you got to look at Utah in that top five. The tricky thing right now is then you've got three other teams that to me are relevant in the West, highly relevant, and that's Portland, Denver, and right now the Spurs are four and zero. No, okay. I mean under the radar, but the Spurs are the are back to being the Spurs, and they've got players. They've got Aldridge. They got DeRozan. I mean they've got they've got all star quality guys, and they play they're playing the they, Spurs they, way right they, now. They've got Duncan on the coaching staff. That's right. Big Timmy D's, uh, you know, teaching post moves. So I don't think the Spurs are a team that we can take serious. It's early, but but so I don't but put them in the top five. But I would never have guessed that they're four and zero to start the season. But then, do you take Denver as that fifth team, and you leave uh, Portland out, who's in the conference finals last year, and arguably got better with Whiteside? I don't know. That's tough. Pro- probably, and they they're not better with Whiteside. I think they're better with Mister Snap His Leg in Half. Nurkic. Well, Nur- but I'm saying Nurkic is going to get back. Whiteside replaced that one uh, kid that could shoot some threes. Uh, oh, Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard. I, I think that's an upgrade for their team. I just think more toughness in the paint. You don't want Whiteside. I don't like his game at all. I don't like his body language. In Miami, he was like the go-to guy, and he would just pout. Yeah. But he was putting up like awful numbers. So it's like, and I heard he just. Was a locker room cancer. I don't know. I'm just not a fan. And I but love, I'm saying, but I'm saying they're course back if Nurkic gets healthy. They're back, but don't you think they're the same team? Yeah, but that you, team went to the fi- Western Conference Finals, and Lillard is a problem. I mean, he he single handedly destroyed a franchise. He did. Oklahoma City <laughs> absolutely destroyed imploded, them. and they were supposed to be you know making a deep run into the playoffs, and that team is nothing. By the way, the Jazz play OKC in Game One. That team is so broken. You talked about how the Clippers all cheer for each other when somebody does yeah. good. The OKC Thunder is such a dumpster fire already. There's not a single guy in that roster playing for the guy next to him. They're all waiting for who who's going to get traded first. So just wait. OKC's going to implode. Hey, but Alexander I digress. Tough. He's like stop. No, no, I'm serious. I think he's I think he's incredibly smooth. Out of Kentucky, Calipari. Yeah, yeah, always, yeah. Okay. Always he's gets good, players but... that's not. But he's going to be buried. Jill Chris Alexander. He's going to get buried on a really, really bad franchise right now. So Lillard, going back to Lillard. Yeah, Lillard, to Lillard he buried an entire franchise. That kid is special. Um, they're well coached. They're all business. Those guys, I went to a preseason game and watched the Blazers. No joke in the preseason where everybody doesn't care, really, normally. No one cares. They were as focused on defense and execution and cheering for each other as I've seen any team in a regular season game in the preseason this year. So my uh, wild card in the West that I think people are totally sleeping on is Portland. So I actually put Portland in that top five group, and I leave Denver out, which is crazy because they were the number one seed last year. Denver's still young. I feel like Denver's problem is Jokic is unreal. Jamal Murray's like up-and-coming big talent. They have the right pieces. But I don't think there's any clear leader on that team. No. Like some would say mate Jokic, but I don't see Jok- – Jokic is incredibly talented, but I don't see an actual, like, floor general lead – someone that's just taken everyone else under 
they're you know what I mean? Yeah, Jamal Harris and Gary or Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are a competent back backcourt. But I see what you're saying. And and Paul Millsap gives them great veteran leadership, but he's he's kind of a quiet guy. That's the thing. So, so they're like Sam Bradford in football. It was like yeah, it's like I feel you. But you know what? I mean, last year in a tough conference, they were. The best regular season team, which is hard to imagine, but they did it. And they no, stuck, stayed there all year. So the West is fantastically deep. I mean, look at those seven teams. I and mean, maybe the Spurs are just a flash in the pan. Who's the eighth seed? Um, who, who, would you, who do you think? Well, I mean, you know, we haven't talked about Zion yet. The Pelicans, it would have been really if fun. If he's healthy, I think. It would have been really fun to see Zion start this season off. But I think they're going to get a little buried in the standings. So I don't see them... We also haven't talked about the Warriors yet. Are we surprised that the Warriors oh, are we have trending the wrong way? We'll, we'll, we'll save that for another segue. Let's f- pick our last team in the <laughs> Well, I will West. say what you said, what you said, that it, that is a good point about Portland, that they're already locked in and engaged right now. They are now. locked in. I guess I've just been, you just. Oh, I'm, Mavericks. I like the Mavericks as my eighth team in the hey, West. Doncic is so good. So good. And. Him and Porzingis are gelling, but Doncic's just like, here's the thing. He's just better than everyone else on the floor. And he's 20. Yeah, and he's a kid. Yeah. And he's it, having so, fun. So you, if, if uh, Porzingis goes back to the Porzingis of a year and a half ago, uh, that's who I like as my eight seed is Dallas. And I'm not saying that they can't be higher than that. I'm saying that's my top eight. I leave Minnesota out. I leave Golden State out. Clearly now, I mean, Curry gets hurt last night, but even before Curry got hurt, Draymond dog. says they They're suck. Dog shit. Kerr says they suck. And how funny is it that everybody's apologizing, saying, well, they can play for next year. They had three all-stars in their starting you, five. You still have Name another all-stars. team that has three all-stars in their starting five. Mm, Name can't, one can't, in the league. Can't. In the league. I, I can't think of another team that has three. Can't. Clippers have two. Houston has two. Houston has two. Uh, LA has, yeah. Lakers, Lakers have, have two. two. Like Milwaukee has Boston, two. Uh, Philly, Philly has three. Well, Simmons, Horford, yeah, Horford's, and Embiid. I don't think Horford was it. He has been an all-star. Yeah, he has My been. point is he has been. So anyway, as much as everybody's like, oh, it's a rebuilding year for them because of Clay, and it's like, no, you still have three all-stars. I don't want to hear that. It shows you. It, it shows you how sensitive. This is how, this is how I feel. Fans are just as sensitive about Steph Curry and defending him as they are about anyone trying to critique anything about Tom Brady, right? You try to say anything, oh, well, it's yeah. kind of a system quarterback Belichick, under Belichick. Anyone can win. It's, you know, they will kill you. So the thing with Steph Curry that's so funny to me, it's like, okay, he's an MVP. Two-time. So he's a two-time MVP, okay? What does he sh- – like what has he shown us? Because when we talk top ten player or whatever – like you said, you say about LeBron early. You're like, well, last year, his team's not winning. You know, he has like the intangibles and stuff, but all in all, you can't really say he was a top player last year. Steph Curry was a top ten player last year, as far For as sure. NBA. Anybody's not, ranking. It, well, and the funny thing is, how much easier is your job, Bryce, if you're Steph Curry and you're playing point, and you have three or four other All Stars on the floor with you, and you defensively, you it's can't not even help fair. Off of it's anyone. not even fair. Look at how much smoother Donovan Mitchell looks with a bad Mike Conley playing with him, just through five games. And when Mike gets good, Donovan's gonna have so much more room oh. to work with. So Curry's been a beneficiary. I mean, he's special. But everybody would put him in the top five last year of players. Well, think about Clay. Thompson. So Clay Thompson's out. And, and so you got a top five guy coming back with two All Stars. You should be able to plug in a couple other role players there and still be very competitive. And any role players, right? 
and you should be able to win. And the funny thing is, if Kerr is such a great coach, why are you losing at home? Why are like first of all, why are you losing to Phoenix at all? And then why are you yeah. losing to him by thirty? Because they're t- giving themselves excuses mentally. They're and not why, digging in. And why are you losing at home by thirty to the Clippers when you still have your team? Right. I mean, it's season opener. You gotta show up. And the thing that kills me is, this is just my observation. Clay Thompson, he's the guy that can score forty points on four dribbles, right? He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He's always moving. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell is not that guy. He has to score with the ball in his hands, right? He has to create. Why was Draymond Green an all-star? Because he didn't have to do anything. He was. Just, he was always. He benefits. He always benefits from the double team. So anytime KD would get doubled, Clay, whatever, he's smart enough to cut on offense. He's a yeah. system guy on offense. I mean, he is an outlier on defense. Let's yeah. give him his props on defense. Yeah. So, see, Dude was so a stud. defensively. He's going to – I mean, he's he's a – how tall is he really? 6'7", six, 6'8"? Seven, six, yeah, 6'7". Like he's a 6'7 version of Beverly, right, where he's going to lock down defensively. He's going to be – by the way – Hustle buckets. By the way, when we were talking about refing earlier, yeah. I feel like Beverly and Draymond are the only ones in defense in the entire NBA that can do a full-arm extension push and not get called yeah, for fouls. because of reputation. It's and, a joke and, how much those And guys. I'm just like – it's like freaking statutory rape out there. You need to chill out, Draymond. Right. But and, and then when people push him to get him off him, then they flop and draw the offensive foul. It's a tactic. Well, I mean, props to them if they can get away with it. But do you feel bad for Golden State at all that they're struggling this bad? No. And, and then Draymond's and, complaining, saying, oh, we suck. We got to figure it well, out. Well, be a max guy, Draymond. You're talking about you're a max player, and then you were not – you know, you were on edge with KD. You should have been kissing his ass to stay. It's KD. You know? We all know KD's insecure. And so now you got what you want, Draymond. You got more touches. Be the man. And look at what's happening. You no, know, he was the man. Last night he was 2 of 8 for 4 points. Yeah, well, it, it, I, none of us feel bad for the Warriors. They had a good run. They were way – w- it wasn't even fair. It was the modern – it was the Globetrotters. It was modern-day just all-stars against the Generals. And they had three all-stars, and they gave themselves every excuse at the beginning of the year to not be great, and it showed. And and that's disappointing, but they're a little spoiled, a little fat and happy, and nobody wishes injury on Steph. Steph's a good guy. I wish he, I wish he wasn't injured because I would prefer to see them struggle with all three of those guys in there. So the fact that he got hurt, I'm pissed about. Is D'Angelo trade bait? If it doesn't work out, for sure. Does it look like it's working out already? Yeah. Well, now they're gonna have to ride him just to stay relevant. If he if if D'Angelo well, doesn't still play, have two all stars. Right. But if D'Angelo doesn't play out of his head. They may, they might not beat anybody. I mean, who who do they beat if Russell and Green don't play like total studs? They don't beat anyone. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, and, and they got some real projects on their hands, but they're all NBA players, so I don't want to hear what, it. What about Kerr though? What's your take on Kerr? Uh, again, he's he set the tone with interviews saying, yeah, we're, it's going to be a struggle. Like I feel like he gave them an exit. Rather than doubling down on being mentally tough and let's let's make it work with the guys we have, I felt like he was soft. Well, we're reading reports now. Hey, should Draymond should Draymond be traded? Who are some other scores? It's just like who they're they're they were unwilling to double down. Yeah, they their mindset unwilling. is who else can we get to help instead of how can we win with what we have? Right. That's why is Popovich drives me nuts, but he wins with the team that he has. Right. right. You know. Yep. 
Yep. So yeah, that's what the Warriors are all about. Struggle City out there. So we're we're happy about that. The it's East, good for the league. Is there any team in the East that we you even take serious that you can compare with the West? Yeah, I, I look at. Uh, are we surprised that Philadelphia and Embiid's already feuding with other players and getting thrown out? At all? Well, I, I mean, know you're not at all. <laughs> I think My thing is, Embiid talks about how much he wants to win and how he wants to be the best in this league and how great he is. So call me naive. I legitimately thought he was he would come back and be all business this year, and he's still just a child. He's trolling guys on social media. So last night, you know, him and Carl Anthony Towns get into it. And rather than let let it stay between the lines, he goes off on social media all night long. So like you said, his maturity level's low. I don't see him have championship DNA in his mental toughness. He's a much he's he's a I didn't even say much. He's a he's a slightly better Dwight Howard because he's got he's got a shot, an outside shot. But in terms of his mental approach to competition and his teammates and the media, he's just a big child. And so I think Philly's good on paper. They're 4-0. So they and the Spurs, the only team that are undefeated, they're going to be there. They've got talent. Well, in the East, they're going to be there for sure. Yeah. But the I like the Bucks better. I was on record saying last year on this pod that Milwaukee would not win a championship because they had not been there before. And that revealed itself. Antetokounmpo, as much as, much as he was the MVP in the regular season and great. Was he the MVP, though? He got it. I mean, right? do you believe that he's a true MVP or is this is one where it's like – Voter fatigue, LeBron could be the MVP every year. But, well, it was like, him or Harden like, last like year. Like when Malone won it over MJ. Yeah. We but love it, Malone. But. but it was him or Harden last yeah. year. LeBron was in the conversation. And and it was, you know, you and I debated that. It was 50-50, truly. I just, I lean towards Antetokounmpo because of his presence on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, and But in the playoffs, when you're in new rounds, you haven't been to a conference finals yet, you, any weaknesses in your game or in your psyche get exposed. And his jump shot got exposed. His free throw shooting got exposed. And I'm a big proponent that guys don't win championships until they've been there and failed, or at least very, very close, in one or two years prior. Right. And so it was, I think, the natural progression for him to struggle late in the playoffs. And I think he's the kind of a guy – I see, I, as much as I'm a critic of Embiid's mental game, I like – Antetokounmpo's. Well, you got to love him. He's a competitor. Well, and he's a team guy. Like, everyone loves him, and they respect him and what he, you know. And he didn't want to do that whole Space Jam thing, because he's like, no, I'm here for basketball, not to make Hollywood videos. That's impressive. So I I think this year, he comes back even a better version of himself, and I think he leads them out of the East, and I I like the Bucks to beat the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, He is one of the great, like, here's the thing. Greek Freak is one of the greatest athletes that we've ever seen. And he's all business. He is all – like, I like everything about him. I just think if you can't be a threat outside of 12 feet, if you can't just hit, like, an easy jumper – like, here's the thing. Apple's that, like, KD is just flat out better than Greek Freak because he's a threat in my mind. Like, I, like a healthy KD. I would just say – Yeah. I'd much rather always have someone that is an automatic bucket who just happens to be – Pretty much a seven-footer as well. You know, I mean, it's tough. Going back to Philly, though, um, tell me what you think about Embiid as far as this goes. Is he a ball stopper? Oftentimes, but he's he's a pretty efficient scorer if you look at his stats. Yeah. So, so, so that's okay in small doses. 
And I think he's got a team around him that needs – you know, we know Simmons is not a on-ball scorer. Um, they lost Redick as a No, but he's a, a lights-out shooter. He hit a three in preseason. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk deal. about that. We got to segue to that, Jordan. So, okay, I, I don't know about you, but I love these ESPN stories, or you'll see them on Instagram where it's a video clip of the team manager who's handicapped in some way. And then the other team lets him come out and score a bucket, and everybody goes crazy. Like, aren't those the most heartwarming <laughs> stories? I mean, I love those. I absolutely oh, love those. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You shed a tear. And, and you're like, you know what? That's just a beautiful thing about humanity. You know, this person who's got, you know, intellectual or mental oh. or physical handicaps being the star and everybody going crazy. It, it's like so endearing. Like handic- I love those. They hand off the ball to the handicap. Yeah, and they let them shoot the o- Yeah, it's so awesome. I love that about sport in our culture. Did we witness that in preseason? <laughs> <laughs> but, but come on. This man is a grown man who's supposedly an all-star and a rookie of the year. And the charade that happened in preseason where they're up by like 50 points against some overseas team – and everybody in the gym is telling him to shoot a three-pointer. And he finally lets one go, and it goes in. This preseason. And everybody gives him hugs. All I could think about was these – these. Took <laughs> the, you right back to the Special right, Olympics. Right back to the Special Olympics, man. Mm. I'm like, congratulations, Ben. Everybody went crazy. It was a total circus. Uh, he still hasn't attempted one in the regular season. He's still a liability. He's better at headlocks than he is three points, three pointers. He put well, Towns in a headlock last night. The thing that's crazy about Ben Simmons is, dude, you're a physical specimen. You're a six ten point guard. You have a really good feel for the game. Why can't you shoot a basketball? We when you when you did the comparison for rookie of the year, what did you say? You're like, like basketball is shooting. If you can't <laughs> shoot in your driveway growing up, why would you even play? Right. What's the point? It just shows me mentally he's broken because what I'm told is behind the scenes in practice, he can make shots. But you put the lights on and the pressure, and he and he turtles up. And he goes to what's familiar, which is, you know, and what was always more dominant for him when he was the biggest, strongest, most athletic kid, which is get to the paint. So he doesn't have the mental toughness to become a great shooter. He still – he hasn't even – he hasn't, he hasn't even attempted it's one not that, it's not, in it's the not regular that he season. He can't shoot. He won't shoot. He won't. Because you have guys like – D Wade, when D Wade, D Wade was never a good three-point shooter. He never shot over thirty percent. But then he developed it. Well, and he well he developed it enough to where, hey, if you're eight feet off me, I'm gonna shoot it. And when it's clutch time, he could make them. He hit some big threes. Uh, so Embiid is a ball stopper, but he kind of needs to be with that team. Do you like Horford on that team? I feel like I they're almost weird. too big. Yeah, I feel like it's weird. And Josh Richardson's the only, like. Because Ben they're not Simmons deep. Handled, yeah. name, name anybody on their bench. Is McConnell even there anymore? I, I well, not like he's deep. They like did he's pick up help. Howell but Neto. I, feel, I, feel, I mean, they picked up Howell Neto. Oh, well, <laughs> he's a. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, Neto's not going to make any mistakes, but he's also not going to do anything. I mean, their bench him. play is Ennis. So they got a strong starting five Horford, Tobias Harris, Embiid. So Tobias Harris? Harrison and. Tobias Harris has been invisible, in my eyes, for the last year. Yeah, it's a weird fit for him. Like he, how come he leaves the Clips and the Clips are instantly better? In theory, they should be really good on defense because they're super long, Philly, and super big. Yeah. So we'll see. And but in the, the way East, the game's played now, though, where like one through five can shoot, it's almost like space them out. Yeah. Space them out. Yeah, I, I'm not sold on Philly. My pick to come out of the East is uh, Milwaukee. I, uh, mine's actually, I would say Boston, to be honest. Wow. 
I know. Is that crazy? And the reason I say Boston is because they got rid of their cancer. Kyrie's gone. Kyrie's gone. And I feel like Kemba's more of a dog. And I feel like in a series, they just wear you out. I feel like they have the right pieces. Yeah. Jason Tatum's looking surprisingly good. Brown. Jalen Brown's. Hayward's coming how about, back. How about Brown's contract, though? Yeah. That I mean, that was pretty eye-opening. I was shocked. Yeah. But I guess if you got to pay someone. Celtics but, are 3-1. Well, they're already paying Hayward, and he's overpaid. But he's actually looking a little better, He's too. looking better. Um, so that's all. Those are the only teams that I even think are relevant are those top three. But I, yeah. I if like he, Boston just because I think Milwaukee losing Malcolm Brogdon hurt them at the point. And Eric Bledsoe's just not the guy. I know he can be instant offense, but his game is just weird. I just feel like anytime you have a scoring point guard, it doesn't work. Steph's different because of the tools that he had. But even with AI, AI took philly to the finals but that's when eric snow was playing point and he was playing off the ball mm. right because here's the thing and this is i have the same critique of Kyrie, and i want you to talk about Kyrie. Kyrie might be the most like talented guard like best ball handling guard we've ever seen he can fit like he finishes so well either hand off balance it's crazy here's the thing Kyrie. When you shoot off balance, when you hit the deck, when your job is to stop transition, your long miss, like when you decide to shoot that fade away from the baseline, that's an automatic two points for the other team. It's a great point. You know, I just think Kyrie, because he's leading scoring right now, right? He's within a point of Harden. So the two of them are just throwing up but are huge you, Are you surprised high that, he's, 30s. that he's the lead, one of the leading scorers right now? No, not at all. I mean, Kyrie has a perfect situation for what he wants to do, which is... Everybody, next year, my man KD comes in. This year, I'm in Brooklyn, and I'm just going to get buckets. And everybody can live or die with how far they go in the playoffs or their record because they don't expect anything this year. And so he's got just the— Why don't they expect anything? Kyrie, if you're that great, make something happen. I know, because, they. again, it goes to mental softness. Is they're relying on— their real chance being next year when KD comes back. And so you're just unwilling to buckle down and pay that extra price to try to be great this year because you have this safety net that's coming. And you know what Sam Cassell said it last night? It's the reason the Clippers couldn't beat the Jazz last night, even though they they battled, is when your big dogs sit out, it gives you an excuse to lose. And that oftentimes in life, that's all you need is the excuse to lose, and then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sam Cassell said to me when I was talking a little smack last night, wait till our big dogs come back. His guys heard that. He said it, and his guys hear that, and they're like, yeah, yeah, wait for them. It, it takes That's away – interesting. Yeah, I thought it was a weak comment by Sam Cassell huh. that he said last night. And so at the end of the day, they have the mental security blank that takes away that edge of having to win and having to be great because you know next year you got KD coming back. So well, now think it's about Brooklyn stats. last year. Brooklyn last year was actually somewhat of a threat in the East – and there was no Din- safety blanket. Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are getting buckets. I mean, there was no, it was us against the world. And they had that mental edge and toughness. Hmm. Kyrie's coming in to just get buckets and put up stats. And then next year will be about winning time. This year it's like he's on tour. He's on the N1 tour, you know, selling tickets, be Uncle Drew, and have fun and just, you know, easily good score. Here's a question. So being, so being a Utah Jazz guy. Yeah. In Snyder's system. By the way, Quinn Snyder, in my mind, is a top three coach for sure. 
Yeah. I just feel like hey, – I, I, I've, I've called him genius. I feel like there are very few – I mean, I felt like Brad Stevens – no. Like same level until he had a guy like Kyrie on his team. Well, think when you get when well, you that's got like the nice thing about our front office and how they're in sync with Quinn mm-hmm. is they they consult and they're on the same page. They share a brain of the kinds of guys that Quinn wants here to compete and coach with. Yeah. And they're not bringing in guys that are going to disrupt the culture and the program that we're running. No, that's true. And we're not you're not going to see a Kyrie come in here. So so for example though, the way the Jazz play now in Quinn Snyder's system. Would you rather have Conley at point or perennial all-star Kyrie at point? Conley? Isn't Conley. that crazy? No question. Right. I never thought I would say something like that, but just the way they play, it's like, Kyrie, you know what you're going to get. He's going to have some jaw-dropping plays, but it doesn't equate to wins. You yeah. know, he doesn't make anyone better. There's nothing about his game that shows me he's a team guy and he cares about the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. If Conley can be just his average self, he's a much better fit for the Jazz. And the Jazz have every chance to go deep in the playoffs. But just so I can be consistent, yeah. the, uh, the issue with me picking the Jazz to win a title goes right back to what I just said. It's very, very difficult for guys like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley to get all the way there because they haven't been deep enough enough and lost that's a good point they need their reps they need to be in those moments of pressure they need to get the respect from the officials and so i don't think the jazz like i have no illusions they're winning it this year i would bet against them 100 to 1 to win it now i hope and i'm going to cheer that they do it but the cerebral approach is that's interesting go as deep as you can this year get the battle scars get the respect get the reps in and then next year or the year after it's championship or bust. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't have that as a goal this year. You got to have it as a goal and you got to play to it. I'm saying realistically, they haven't they haven't been there, done that at the Western Conference Finals level. And until, to me, they get to that round and lose or advance and then lose in the finals, one of the two. They're going to lose in one of those two rounds before they ever win a title, if in fact they can. No, that's interesting because a few years, few years ago when they beat up on Carmelo, Paul George, and Westbrook, you know, it was awesome. The second they got they, they matched up against Houston, they knew they didn't belong, right? Yep. yep. And it was like awkward. They looked they didn't just they didn't just look uncomfortable. They looked bad. And that's the furthest that Rudy and Donovan have been. This group is the second round. And so they've got to get to the conference finals. And I'm not saying they can't win a conference finals. I would bet against them, but I'm saying they either lose the conference finals, but now they've got there, or they lose in the NBA finals. But they're not going to just run the table this year out of the blue. I hope they do. I'd love yeah, it. I'd love I'm cheering it. for it. They should have the goal for it. Do they have it, do they have the team though? Do they have the the DNA or they are are they on the right path? Yes. To do yes. that. Yes. But, but hey, what about Bogdanovich what? is a game changer. At 6'8, that dude can do it all. He's all about basketball. He can yep. stroke the three. He can get his own shot. He can get a shot off a pin down. He can take it to the bucket, He's flush tough. with either hand. He's money at the free throw line. If you watch him, he is about wins and competing. The dude can hit hit the big shot. But, again, it's a new group, and he was with Indiana. Has he gotten to a conference final yet? No. There's nobody on the Jazz roster, correct me if I'm wrong, that has played in a conference final. Well, Jeff Green would be the only okay. one I can, that I can think of. With which team? With Cleveland last year or okay. two years ago. That's it. As, as, a, as a minor role player. Yeah. So, so but your stars, your, ro- no, no, your no, heavy no, rotation no names. have even been there. No. Let alone being there as a group year one. Yeah. So, no. hey, have it as a goal. Get as far as you can. Please prove me wrong. I'd love it. I would love nothing more. 
But Jazz Nation needs to be realistic that this team needs a year under its belt to season, gel, go and fail, win the respect, get that salt in the wound, and then come back and win it the See, next year. See, I, I like that take because, you know, yeah, on paper, these guys will mesh really well, but they haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Right. And they got to stay healthy. Yeah, and you have to stay healthy. And Rudy goes other down. teams have to get a little banged up. Because if, yeah. if, Cleve, if, if, if the Clips are 100% healthy, that's a, that's a, tough that's a big task. That's a big task. Yeah. Yep, yep. But what do you think of Moutier? What do you think of them picking him up? So it's interesting because to me, you look at arbitrage in life, whether it's your investment portfolio or basketball. Mm. And Moutier is a guy who is, I believe, a number seven pick. Coming out, out of, of China, the Congo, actually. then yeah. China, never played college ball. So think and about. Do you think that hurts a player? Absolutely. Like with what's his name, uh, Brandon Jennings, yeah. goes to Greece instead of playing in college. Yeah, I, I mean, for certain guys, college isn't their scene, and so maybe it's it's who they are. But I, I think apples to apples, yes, it hurts you. Um, and then what hurts him even more is he gets drafted by a Denver team that kind of buries him and doesn't develop him. And then he gets thrown to the Knicks, where people go to die. And die hard. So, and then he's lost, and David Fisdale's just dumpster fire. So, he's only, I think, 23. He's a lotto pick. We, the Utah Jazz, have got a player development legacy right now that's that's tangible in the league. They got yeah, a we're reputation. a farm team for every other team. Yeah, guys come here and get better. And we paid him a million bucks. So, not to pick on Exum, your boy, who I know you love, Jordan. Who, who just so <laughs> happens. Rumor he's has getting it. getting 10 mil. To be... Bisexual. Oh, stop. Just putting that. I've heard. I've heard it. So, so oh, I've heard it. Anyways, continue. So Exum's getting ten mil, and Moutier's getting one mil. Who would you rather? I mean, to me, that's a similar player that both played overseas, not in college, five pick, seven pick, haven't had enough court time to really develop. Who would you rather bet? I've on? watched Moutier playing four games. And 10 times out of 10, I pick Moutier. Yeah. Not only because I like his contract, but he has confidence. He knows how to finish at the rack. He he's he like knows, understands his identity. Dante Exum is just a body out there on the floor that's really athletic that doesn't know how to use his athleticism. He's yeah. not good at any one thing. He works on D, yeah. Yeah. but that's it. Yeah. But yeah, can the Jazz even move court. him? Yeah, not with $10 million. They just got to burn through that contract. It looks like a bad contract in hindsight for sure. You can't just put him in a ditch but, somewhere. Hey, Moutier, million bucks, man. That's a bargain. He could be a rotation guy. Lot to prove there. But Jazz are the right program for so, him to be in. So Conley, though. Finally breaks out hey, last hey, night. So Conley looked god-awful the first oh, few games. A downgrade from Rubio. Like, That's, times 10. Who would have thought? 1 of 16 in the opener or 0 of 16. No, he's one of sixteen. But then the next night he was as bad against and against the Lakers he was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, it, even against the Kings, he was he was not good. And then last night finally. No, la- hey, last night. What's his contract? It was a what five year hundred fifty. What's he getting a year? He, oh, he's getting like north of thirty. It's like thirty five or something. He was worth. Every penny last night. Last night he was really, really good. When he finished, when he did that floater with his right hand after he had just hit two threes, because yeah. the, the thing is, like whole hand down, man down defense doesn't respect him. With Rudy, he, he with makes Rudy as his lob partner, his floater with either hand is the perfect weapon, because Ingles got a little bit of a knuckleball push shot, but it's not great. Yeah. Conley's money with it. Donovan's really good with the floating. A push shot and his just jumper. His, his mid-range is money. Money. 
He's got such a strong lower half. He gets and, and, on balance. And he finishes so strong. Yeah. Donovan looks so good this year. He's he's looking like he'll be a Western Conference All-Star. Um, what is his In fact, I, you now look for him saying he's he's probably taking – he's probably the guard in the West that takes Curry's spot on the All-Star game. Because now you've got two spots in the Western Conference. Thompson and Curry have been mainstays in the Western Conference backcourt for All-Star votes. Now you see Lillard and you see uh, – Donovan slide into those two spots. So look for Mitchell being all star this year. Rudy, maybe. So what what do you think about Devin Booker? Is he there or no? Hey, I mean, as long as you don't send a double team at him, it's fine. <laughs> no, that's true. So <laughs> how about that? No double teams in the summer. Yeah, he I mean, now, I mean Booker's very talented. Like how are you supposed to get the better? guy can score. Yeah. Um we'll just see. The jury's out. I mean, he's now in his fifth year. So it's time for him to either be the, be an alpha male and and become an all star yourself and lead a team. Or just realize he's a piece for somebody and he needs to get traded and be a, a high-end role player. Um, you know, because he, it's his it's his franchise, right? Yeah. So at this point, if if, if they're going to be good, he's got to lead them to that ground. But I'll tell you what, the Western Conference is a tough place to be good. A lot of already made it's money. It's true. There's a lot of made money in T- Hey, the West. T- talk to me about rookies. Talk to me about are there any rookies, and then we'll wrap it up, are there any rookies that – well, we wish we could see Zion, right? Stan, I mean, I mean, that's well, the big da- bummer of this season he, so far. Everything he could do at Duke, and keep in mind, everything he did at Duke was off the ball. R.J. Barrett might be one of the most selfish, like. Yeah, Zion's I, very efficient. Zion, I mean, he's shooting 80% from the field in preseason, and everyone says, ah, he can't shoot. Believe it or not, he'll hit one or two a game. It may look like a shot put, but it goes in. Right. You know. I just is, it's bom- is, is he's gonna miss really his first game. I don't think so. I mean, he is a load. What is he like? Two hundred eighty-five pounds. He's like, and with the new measurements, did he come in at six-seven? I think they said six-six actually. Oh gosh. I think they said he was like six-six, two eighty-five. Yeah. So I mean, it's um, it I I'm betting on him. It's not a for sure thing, but it's sad that he blew out a shoe, and that probably created some knee problems and uh, was it the same knee they got tweaked so hopefully that's not a chronic situation because he is packing 285 on that on that body and i don't know how much that he can lose it's just kind of his frame he's not like i mean barkley was the round mount of rebound but if you look at barkley in the prime of his career he thinned out quite a bit yeah and i mean and that's who i kind of compare him to i look at him as a he could eat barkley right i look at him as a barkley-esque that's to me his his kind of NBA prototype, yeah. if I look at players from years past. I mean, um, R.J. Barrett, looking at R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I mean, perfect situation for him because no pressure to get Ws, lots of touches. He, he's He'll be notorious. My prediction this year is he's going to be notorious for the guy that's scoring 20 points a game as a rookie on 26 shot attempts. You know? Yeah, he, that, but he'll my point is Wiggins he numbers. doesn't need to be efficient because yeah. there's no expectations in New York. And so it's actually a great situation for Barrett because it's a big media market. Low pressure, high volume, figure it out. So Barrett's, you know, and rookies aren't expected to win in the first few years anyway, the high guys, because they go to the worst team. So I actually like the situation for Barrett. I look for him to win the rookie of the year. Because um, he's just going to have bigger stats than Zion. Zion will will be probably better just in terms of, like, player efficiency rating and a lot of the other measurables. But RJ is going to have a big season if he stays healthy in New York. Uh, Ja Morant, I look for good things for him. I like Ja a lot. In Memphis. I think he's a good fit there. 
Um, not Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's playing for Memphis. That's right. So I look for Ja Morant to do some things. I love his game. So versatile. I hope he's, t- you know, strong enough to take the, you know, the the hits in the NBA. Do you think Cam Reddish is a Paul George comparison or no? A little early for me on that. I mean, that, yeah. if that's his upside, that's that'd be phenomenal if he can become that player. Um, I feel like he's going to be a better pro than he was college player. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's hard. when you're the third banana on a college team, that's hard. It's only 40 minutes anyway. Right. So just limited touches and floor spacing. So, yeah, I I, th- I think he could develop and, and be really what good. What about Michael Porter Jr. in Denver, who was, is supposed to be amazing but can never get healthy? Yeah. What, what do you do with those kinds of players? Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of, you got to try to wait it out. And maybe you give him some time on the D League just to get his legs under him and get more minutes. I mean, that, there's no shame to me developing players. If you're a, a good team like Denver already is, you can't afford just in regular season to just play a rookie 20 minutes and let them figure it out because you're trying to get seeding for the for, for a championship run. Yeah. So a guy like that, to me, I mean, I see no shame in, in platooning him and letting him just be the man in the D League and get his, get his reps in. Well, you know how so, – so just transitioning back to what you were saying about Utah, how like they're – they have the tools, but they're just not there yet. How does that work like in baseball where the Nationals come out of nowhere, losing their best player, and win the World Series? Like, it, is that possible? Not really, is it possible? Like, can you see that happening in the NBA this year where a team we don't even have, like, top four surprises everyone? No, baseball is different because it's such – it's a different animal because – it's a very individualistic sport. You got one guy that's pitching and you got one guy that's hitting. And you got one guy that's fielding the ball when it gets hit to him. True. So you need chemistry and you need all that, but you can ride a few hot players. Because everybody that's in the big leagues is gonna make plays. And everybody that's up there is gonna have quality at bats and throw strikes. So the margin of difference between great players and good players is not that much. And so if you get a couple outliers, guys that are just swinging a hot bat, pitchers that all of a sudden are going into shutdown mode, they can carry a franchise that maybe on paper looks like there's no way it should win to a title because baseball is a game of inches. Hmm. Basketball, you've got scores that are 100 points, right? And so with all those repetitions, the cream almost always rises to the top, especially over a seven-game series. That's true. In baseball, one guy has one good swing, and it's three runs, potentially. That, and that one swing could win that game. Whereas in basketball, you got possession after possession yeah, after one, possession. One shot's not winning a game. It's right, got to be. Right. Yeah. It's got to be. You got to be better for 48 minutes. In baseball, you got to be better for a moment. And all those guys are really good. And so the difference in stars in baseball is not that big of differential. So you have, I mean, how about that series? The fact that the road team won seven straight, we'll never see that again in our life in any major uh, sport. Well, yeah. Period. Because that's what I'm looking It's like, yeah, they're big time underdogs. But baseball's just a different animal. It's just a different animal. And Harper yeah. was great, but they were able to take the money they saved on him and fill it, fill in the roster with really good pieces. And there's just not that big a trade down between your A-list stars and your and your very capable good baseball players. Hmm. And so then then it becomes timing. Yeah. Are you hot at the right time? You got a pitching staff, and and Strasburg was lights out for the Nationals. And I couldn't not root for him. I found myself. Even though I had money on the Astros, I found myself rooting for the Nats. You have to, Great story. You always want the dogs, you know? Like yeah. March Madness, you always want. But in basketball, to your point about the yeah. comparison, I, I don't, I just don't see that happen in basketball. To me, the ba- basketball is a much more predictable sport, especially over a seven-game series. Well, like last year, Golden State's banged up against Toronto. 
if Golden State's 100% healthy, if KD's playing, yeah, they, they're winning in five games. Golden State's winning in five games in my mind. Yeah, you might drop one on the road, but the cream rises to the top in basketball. The fun thing about this year is the butter's been churned and and the cream hasn't settled. All these teams, with the exception these are some of creamy analogies, like, yeah, I like I know, this. I don't know, man. But I mean, the Bucks have you know. I would say the three teams that have the biggest cores still intact that are championship contenders or potential would be Bucks, and then you've got the Blazers in the in the in the Nuggets that didn't have any real real new blood that's significant. So other than that, every other team that's in the top half of the conferences has got like new things to figure out, new chemistry. That's why the regular season this year is more compelling than ever. I mean, I find myself I want to watch every game because you've got crazy, yeah. new dudes on every team. All have something to prove. Seeding's going to matter. Home home court's going to matter this year. It's not – the NBA is more vibrant than ever. The last few years where it's just like, okay, we'll see Golden State in the finals, and if they're healthy, they'll win. That yeah. – it's like a total new day. And so I'm thrilled to to be a fan, and, you know, let's, let's see how it plays out. Yeah. Well, Bryce, thanks for coming out. We'll wrap this up. Um, Good stuff, man. We'll touch base here again shortly, and I'm sure we'll have some – Juicy stuff to talk about next week. That's right. All right. See ya.